I'd love to see CMND get a pop and reclaim. Yeah, I was waiting for that the whole time. That was, I thought we were going to get that around like 10, then I thought maybe 1030, and then it just never happened. Mm -hmm. oh, okay, so we're live. I just clicked it. Yeah, I was waiting for that the whole time. And now I got to make sure I haven't muted on my other screens. Yeah, so I'm trying to figure out the new format here, which is basically OBS recording myself or recording my screen. So if anyone has any better tips, because it seems like this might not be the best setup, I would have to like click on who's talking here. So I don't know. We'll figure it out. Just got to play around with these things. Trial and error. I would. I think that's how I would do it. Yeah, seems to make the most sense for now. And then I don't know. We could, uh, I'll just have to figure out if I want to share my screen. I'm not even entirely sure the best way to do that. I guess I'll just like <laughs> move my, my trade journal or not trade journal, think or swim over, over the zoom meeting, but we'll see. Um, yeah. So <sighs> I guess we could talk about CMND. It's already on the forefront of all of our minds for sure, except maybe Colby. I'm actually watching it for a trade here if it breaks down under 60 and gets back over quickly. Yeah. Kind of eager beaver about it too. Cole, did you do some research on the, the gappers? Well, no, I didn't. Yeah. Um, I was just talking about VVOS because Lance Breitstein had a tweet about it and everybody was really mad because they were saying that VVOS was like untradeable. And he was saying that it's a shame if you aren't like studying this ticker. And it made a bunch of people like angry, I guess. What do you mean so it wasn't tradable? That thing was tradable all day. The the uh, volume on that and the liquidity on that day was so high. You could trade it all day long. Yeah, he was saying the break of 20 was the easiest entry, which was just straight up like a breakout trade, which yeah. is probably why it got flack because why are people buying breakouts in 2023? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it was an extended extended move coming into power hour. Yeah, usually something like this you'd see in 2021. Uh, but yeah, we haven't seen something like this since 2021. Yeah, I could see how a lot of people were oversized to the short side. I also saw um, um, one of the guys from Investors Underground was saying that the, the uh, shares uh, to go short were the, um, the cost to borrow were so cheap that it could have also caused people to oversize to, oversize to the short side, mm -hmm. um, especially after its big move from four to 20 or four to 18. You know, how much higher is that going to go? If you look at- And then they get blown out. Yeah. <clears throat> how are your guys trading on VVOS? Oh. I'm trying to pull that up now. Um, unfortunately- Trader view isn't really doing a good job showing my trades on it. I traded it well. I I locked up just over three thousand on it last week. I just can't see where I traded it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it had decent action and decent volume on it all day, and it was the first thing that actually moved strong. It was the first uh, real momentum stock we had had in uh, 
probably months, right? Yeah. When I saw that, I was pretty stoked. I was a little bit butthurt because I saw it late and it was the one of the few times I wasn't looking at the pre-market and I was like, no, <laughs> this would have been perfect. So I started basically when it when did that really long consolidation. Uh, so from basically 8.30 until <laughs> like 9.45. And then I actually ended up wrapping it up and I missed the second leg. So I missed both the beautiful legs on it. Actually, all three technically, because I had that last power hour move as well. Those first day big movers are really hard to trade well. Yeah. Because you're always expecting yeah. um or you're you're never expecting a move like that when it's been dry for two straight months. Yeah. Every pop you're just like, no, I don't trust that it keeps running mm -hmm. for 30 minutes and you're like Wait a second. <laughs> Should I trade this? Yeah, it was nice that we got we got that momentum though last week. That was probably the hottest mm -hmm. week of the year, actually, as far as amount of gappers and tradability of these gappers and volume profile. I think <clears> it was the best week of the year as far as you was, measure it that way. It was definitely um, the hottest week in the last like two, two and a half months. For sure, yeah. Um, then we got we got that one stock, uh, NEXI. And mm -hmm. I, I knew, I was even warning people, like, once you see something like this, what was that stock that you got caught in, uh, Alex, that you got caught in a T12? Um, ETX? Yeah, ENTX or something. So that was like a similar situation, um, you know, one of the leading gappers kind of carrying the momentum forward. And then you get caught in it. It gets into a, a T12 halt and opens up 50% or in your case, 80% lower. Yeah. That's going to completely destroy any momentum that we were having. And that's exactly what happened. After this uh, opened up 50% lower, we didn't get anything else on Friday afternoon. Monday was kind of like hit or miss um kind of like so so and then today is like also very very choppy as well and uh not not good for momentum yeah people get nervous when they see that i mean i'm still i'm still in a hole from edtx i haven't been able to get out of it, it just, just because my trading hasn't really been that great yet edtx doesn't even load on the charts but yeah it's been a bit of a bit of a grind for me unfortunately doesn't even show up anymore. If I load it on uh, Thinkorswim, it often doesn't pull up. But if I move it to a smaller time frame, sometimes it does. That's funny. <laughs> Mine works on a large time frame. Time frame. Or maybe right now at least. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. It says it's at sixty three. Yeah, it's totally messed up. <laughs> I think it was. Oh, That's yeah, not right. Maybe it works. <laughs> yeah, something yeah. right about that. They it it basically closed. This ticker's not listed anymore, and it, it was it was basically taken private. And then Thinkorswim or TD Ameritrade told me like I got I don't know like ten ten dollars a share or whatever it was, and then my shares were gone. <clears throat> so yeah, that's basically how how it ended. That's so funny that the market works like that. Yeah, it's pretty terrifying, huh? Yeah, that was a big loss. The fact that you can buy something at sixty fucking dollars a share, and then the market's just like. Uh, you, I'm taking your money. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. And this, and you just got to be like, well, okay. It's like, you're There's an arcade. Nothing you can do about it. 
you just put well, risk of doing business, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Game over. It's crazy. Uh, that's a risk. I'm sure there are really people. Tough. There's probably people who like can make some argument that like their size on EDTX would have made them like an investor in the company that's large enough where they're like, you know, whenever a company goes bankrupt, they give the class A shares to the people who invested first and they pay out the first investors. Like that'd be interesting if they did that for something like this too. I'm sure someone that bought that stock got some money back. I don't know. Somebody made money. I mean, that money just needs to disappear, right? It's a zero sum game. Yeah. So it had to end up somewhere. True. <clears throat> I, I couldn't answer that. It was a little confusing. I, I always kept trying to research more about it, but it was basically just taken private. And uh, I guess if you're short, you would have been doing pretty well. But I mean, it also, what was it? It was like a 15, 20 X. So I, <laughs> I don't know how you would have short at that point either. Mm -hmm. So Yeah, I went from 15 to 80 in one day. Yeah, that's absurd. Okay. Yeah, more like an 8x, but yeah, that, that, that thing was, that was ridiculous. So I'm a little bit cautious. I've been actually spending most of my time trading pre-market and it's been actually going a little bit better. I'm not great around trading halts. And I think that's a big reason why. So just kind of distinct, distancing myself from a little bit of the chaos of the opens lately has, yeah. been, has been a little bit good for me or what somebody said, I think Jim Bean uh, in our discord said he was just waiting till 10 o'clock. So that's like another way to mm -hmm. approach it and just kind of trading a little bit later in the morning. And I, yeah, I kind of, I totally agree. I think if I was in West coast, I'd probably do that. But since I'm in Europe right now, I'm, I'm doing the pre-market version of that. And it's my open has definitely been choppy and difficult yeah. recently. Pure chaos. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But I kind of expect it at this point. Yeah. And I see people making good money. I know I know you can make money at the open. Just have to be careful and adapt to how stocks are moving. Yeah. I'm still interested in CMND here. Another good one last week was MINM. This one went from a dollar to $10. Mm -hmm. That was another really good one. Uh, I did okay on that one. Yeah, IMNM was another good one for me last week. We had uh, VVOS, IMNM, we had VIEW, CAPT. Yeah, there was this was a great ticker. I made a quick uh, 1K on MINM right in the beginning, but I thought it was done, and then I locked it in, and it kept on rallying. What are the chances? What a crazy... So that was a beautiful pre-market session. That was like a classic, you know, nice... Oh, the pre-market wasn't super clean, but I mean, compared to like most action, it was pretty nice. But then, you know, the open again on that one was super hectic. It was just, I don't know. It would have been tough to trade. You you basically, it feels a bit like rolling the dice. You know, is it going to flush down? Is it going to flush up? And then in two minutes, mm -hmm. it does the whole move. And after that, it was kind of over. Yeah. I, I think the best, the best trade after the open was probably... Um, I can share my screen here to show what I should probably take off desks. I don't think I'm allowed to stream that. Yeah, I think you can get in trouble for streaming Das Trader, right? 
live stream it. Yeah, they don't like you to do that. Hmm. The level two. Ah, uh, yeah. But I guess like <laughs> quick demo or just yeah. So here's the uh, MINM. Mm. So I think the best trade after the open was definitely here because you have the um, you have the shakeout um, and then the reclaim. I'm not sure if it was a shakeout or if we, we stopped out shorts first. I'm not sure which came first, but you got sort of that fan candle. That's usually you know a sign that. Um, little bit of you know shakeout either from the shorts or the for the longs and then you know as we're kind of creeping back up to reclaim that that's definitely a more of a higher win rate uh setup actually especially in this hotter market the hotter market environment and then just pretty much just catching the break of this one minute high um and i i'm i think it like immediately went up to like nine dollars um, so that was probably the best trade even if you can kind of take a starter down here as it's creeping up and then just adding into it, uh, probably would have probably would have done well. But I didn't I didn't trade that one. Um, I didn't trade that setup. But, and then again, like after pre market, you know, you see a move. What was this like seven hundred percent? Yeah. It was How much higher is that going to go after the open? Right. So, but very very good setup there. Um. And I like how the this market, like, it's still kind of when the market's hot, it's still producing those moves that we were getting previous years. Like a thousand percent moves are now normal for a hot market, which is great. I love that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Once they squeeze, they squeeze hard. <laughs> it's nice. Yeah. Especially right now when things have just not been moving and then shorts get caught underwater and have no idea what to do at that point. Yeah. Is is anyone holding these moves longer? Is that anyone anyone's trying to do that at all or no? I do try to. Uh I haven't really had the chance very much lately. Last week was the first week of like hot momentum, so I wasn't really holding stuff. Mm -hmm. I was I was holding intra intra moves for like a couple minutes at a time at least, but nothing's really holding longer than that still. Yeah. Yeah. I also don't have a lot of faith in holding. It, it kind of feels like there's a big green candle. You want to jump in on it. You definitely don't want to wait for a red candle. Yeah. So you, I'd rather buy high on a green candle than wait for the red pullback. And then you might get 20% randomly. But after that, everything is just a coin toss. That <laughs> actually, it's not a coin toss. It's like 95% of the time it's going to, yeah, going far, far lower than where it started. <clears throat> really quickly so within the next two minutes so yeah it's tough i mean m-i-n-m -M, that, that would have been obviously in hindsight you know great to hold but no way no way i don't think i would have been able to do that but yeah we ha we had we did have so many multi-day gappers and just 100 you know multiple 100 percent winners that it is pretty tempting to want to start doing that when you see that back to back uh, but i don't think i can commit to that yet I was hoping we'd see some more continuation this week. Um, SSNT was really terrible for me yesterday. And um, I probably just need to have like a max loss per ticker, like $500 per ticker, because I was down 4000 on SSNT, but I still was, if I hadn't traded it, I would have had a solid green day. Yeah, I saw and, your Instagram story. I was like, oh. Yeah. 
there's no reason for me to keep trading something that is clearly showing me that much that I'm wrong. I feel the same. There's also, there's always those tickers where I just, I'm only trending down on. Yeah. That was SSNT for me all day yesterday. Yeah. It's stressful. Hmm. What was I your really setup like uh, breakout trading or was it like, uh, like panic dip buys? I was doing dip buys. I was trying everything. I had stopped doing breakouts on it. And then even when I was trying to buy dips on it, it would just, it would fill me on the ask and then it would uh, get me out on the bid every single time. So even with the like 10 cent spread or so trying to nail those dip entries, I'd get filled on the ask. And then, uh, and then if it doesn't pop right away, you kind of have to bail. So I was just yep. locking in paper cuts constantly. Mm. Yeah, that's been my experience past two past two days, too. But last I week I had my first green week since late October, at least though. Mm -hmm. Well, that's it nice. was a decently solid week. Uh, the green weeks are nice. Yeah, I feel the same. Last week was also my first green week in a while. Um, it wasn't that big, but it was just like, oh, thank God. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Bro, I feel like I haven't even looked at my PNL in months. <laughs> yeah. I just don't even want to see it. Yeah, those are sometimes the best streaks when you don't when you forget about the PNL altogether. Not for me. <laughs> What's up with all that Christmas stuff in the background? Uh, my sister has a work party. My sister, my girlfriend. Yeah, let's confuse those two things. <laughs> um, Living in my the girlfriend country. has a work party. Yeah, for real. <laughs> <laughs> she has a work party and she has to like there are all these fucking I don't know table settings gotcha dude I saw yesterday on your calendar I saw $950 green day yeah I mean it's not real money so who cares it's an evaluation <laughs> account well that's good though because that, that, that'll get you on yeah. the right track to start, to start trading you're real doing money. something right are you sizing not really. more on that account yeah that was that was a trade that i don't even want to talk about because it was still just me being pissed and making money that i shouldn't have made and i got lucky so i don't even i just did it and i was like i felt worse after i was like cool uh-huh mm -hmm. you had four you, you sized up 4x your size you held it for fucking two hours because your stop was either blow the account or make money and then I made money and I was like, oh, great. Wow. It feels so good. It was a $2,000 trade. I was down a thousand already. So. Mm. Yeah. Okay. I feel your. Yeah. I closed it out and I was like, oh, that's great. I don't feel anything. <laughs> I don't feel anything. Dead inside. No, Talking seriously. about luck. Is anyone. Here's a, here's a pretty big topic. You guys can't go on YouTube without seeing it right now. Bitcoin over 40,000. I know Coinbase is up like 300, almost 400% uh, since its lows. Are any of you guys on the crypto, crypto trend right now? I'm not. I actually was blissfully unaware. Now I have $300 in Bitcoin. I just checked. <laughs> <laughs> up from uh, like, I don't know. When was that? I think the word bliss, blissfully unaware is the perfect way to describe it. I'm sorry for yeah. making it up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm I'm up at I'm up at three hundred seven dollars in Bitcoin now, up from like two hundred sixty a month ago. So yeah, 
yeah, I don't I don't pay attention to crypto pretty much at all. Why is it up? I think it was just, you know, I had a really big sell off and it kind of found its bottom. Uh -huh. And like there's some ETF news and I was checking it out. I mean, there's nothing really major new, I would say. I think it just found a bit of a bottom and bounced up. I mean, I actually would have liked to accumulate the last few months, but yeah, I just, man, most of my, I don't know. I have a lot of funds in my IRA. I don't want to take it out of my IRA. I have my other I have funds allocated in other projects. And I've, you know, I've gotten really wrecked three times from crypto and I'm just a little bit like, it's a little bit sad watching this rally because uh, I had like 50K yeah. in, in BlockFi and they disappeared. So I was just like, mm, this would have been a nice rally. But it seems like a good time for me to maybe sell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. I mean, when everyone's talking about crypto, it's usually a good time to sell. And then when no one's talking yeah. about it, it's a good time to buy. Um, but it might still be early in the rally. I wouldn't be surprised, even though basically already 5x, if, you know, over the next year, it was basically just a big bull trend. And then, you know, it's going to get really talked about again. And then it's probably going to have its its next dump. But it's consolidated at a higher level would be my guess. But I'm... I'm not really holding much Bitcoin. I have I have a few thousand dollars left because I had it on wallets in different places, and that's basically what was left after the after the BlockFi incident and my hack incident. And what was the other incident? I don't even remember right now. But uh, <laughs> so I'm just like screw it. I don't know. What happened with Binance? Binance? Oh yeah. So Binance had um, yeah C CZ just got uh, caught with money laundering and a whole bunch of other issues but he's he's where is he in like uae or something so they don't have extradition orders with um us so i think he's safe but yeah he's he needs to pay like a billion or something something retarded but he, he's he's like caught four billion doing a lot of shady shit so yeah when i heard that i was like crypto have a fun life. I'm never fucking touching it. If, if the fucking, if FTX and Binance are fucked, okay, then what the fuck do you buy it on? Like, what do you even buy it? Yeah. On? Like, Coinbase how do you own it? One of the better platforms. Uh, they are pretty transparent. They're all, they're uh, public, right? So all the other exchanges aren't. So I think that helps sure. a little bit with transparency. I mean, technically Robinhood is public, but they, you don't, you can't withdraw the currency, the crypto from your Robinhood account. So it's a little bit different. Coinbase is actual, you can buy the crypto itself. But Yeah, there's probably a good argument that it is a good time to buy because of Binance and FTX and all this bullshit. Yeah. I, I, no I one's going to like it. I don't think it's the worst time to buy. I, if it, I would like for there to be a bigger sell-off because it just had a really strong rally and now it's like you can't open YouTube without seeing a bunch of crypto videos. I wouldn't be surprised if there was like a 20 to 30% random big dip. I would probably wait for that, but DCA is typically your best bet with these long-term plays because you'll never really time it perfectly. Yeah, it's tough too because it's like go for a couple hundred percent in Bitcoin or just buy the NASDAQ and make 50%. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think the NASDAQ is up, what, 35% this year? Yeah, the NASDAQ's on fire, huh? Market's up quite a bit, yeah. Yeah. 
So here's January 1st. And we are up 40, 47%. Since January 1st or? Since January 1st of 2023. Oh, That's wow. awesome. Yeah, that is. 47%, yeah. Yeah, it was definitely a large cap environment without a question. It was also the very bottom low, which was January, but uh, still. <clears throat> That's insane. I bet the market makes a new all-time high before like March of next year. I don't know. I, I would kind of like to see it consolidate under just under highs for a little bit so that it actually sets up for a stronger break. Because if it just breaks through the previous top, I think there's yeah. just going to be a lot more profit taking rather than holding. Yeah, I bet it holds here for a while. Maybe it dips like 5% and holds the spot. But this is pretty close to all-time highs. We're only 6% away yeah. on the NASDAQ at least. So if it does consolidate yeah, here for a couple months, and I bet it's it goes 5 to 10%. Well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I bet it goes like 5 to 10% above the all-time high. And then we see like another decent maybe 20% pullback, mm-hmm. something like that. Spy that is like so 3 or 4% though. away. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Are you, you guys... guys really think that there's going to be like another another bull market, another 5-10 year bull market? That's a good question. That's what we're in, honestly, at least from what I think. I don't think I mean, if you look at yet, but some people say we would add. Yeah, when the recession's here, it's way too late to be making stock market predictions anymore, so the predictions were gone <clears throat> six months ago. If you make your predictions now, I feel like it's just so late to the game. Once the recession actually starts, that's probably when the bull market's going to get even stronger because everyone's going to be pissed about something and trying to sell the market. And that's whenever all the hedges are going to buy it. Yeah, the interest rates might get lower. Um, if you add up the tickers, like the FANG tickers with NVIDIA and Tesla and Meta, um. Well, Apple, Amazon, Google, NVIDIA, Tesla, Microsoft, Meta, if you add them up, they did make an all-time high uh, two weeks ago. So, mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. And well, those are basically that... 80% of the entire stock market in terms yeah. of weight. So yeah, probably more. I mean, that's probably 90, 95%. It's not surprising. Yeah. What are it's what are crazy. your guys' vibes on the ground? Like, how does it feel in your your communities in terms of the economics? Do people feel like they're in any sort of recession? Is it people are spending money like crazy, or like, it, it seems like a pretty tough environment still? People having a lot of trouble, just with like normal everyday expenses and stuff like that. At least from my perspective, what I'm seeing across social media and like just talking with people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same here. Um, for my previous job, and then also with um, yeah, just just like talking to people and, and in public, um, definitely people are feeling the uh, cost of living increase. You know, rents mm-hmm. are just absolutely through the roof. So just like general, like I think most people are just trying to get by, uh, and most yeah. people are just paycheck to paycheck, and you know the the income increasing as an employee does not match the increase in lifestyle and uh, living costs. So yeah. people are definitely feeling it. I mean, I, I felt it 
for sure. Um, and it kind of puts you in a different headspace to where like, you know, I only want to be spending on my necessities. I don't want to be going out on extravagant things, you know, going out for, for dinner every weekend or going out to the club or, you know, doing all these things or going on vacation, uh, just to save that, save that money because, um, because, you know, you don't know, you know, you don't know, you know, you can always lose your job, you know, like things can take a turn for the worst and you got to be prepared. Yeah. I've lived in a poor town my whole life, so nothing's changed here. <laughs> Everyone's been well, poor when we were in the market even, and they're still poor. Yeah. Even with uh inflation slowing, it's still it's still positive inflation. So things are still increasing in cost. Right. Not that yeah. Joe Biden though. Joe Biden, he says inflation's zero percent month over month. Is that what he recently said? I didn't see that one. <laughs> he tweets that basically every month when the CPI number comes out. Inflation is 0%. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's like, uh, what the fuck really are you doing? Yeah, he literally tweets that. He, he probably means growth, inflation growth. Well, that is what he means, but you can't say inflation right. is 0%. Right. You got to say the change month over month is 0%. Yeah. It's still 7 fucking percent though, and that's the fake Fed number. Mm -hmm. Basically double that, and that's the real inflation. You mean in terms of like what businesses, yeah. that kind of stuff have started charging? Just everything. I mean, the Fed, they yeah. uh, they omit the top and bottom 10% of all inflation data. So it just skews the the true number to adhere to their little 2% goal, which is ridiculous. But I don't know. Basically, shut the fuck up. Buy this buy. That's <laughs> the answer. Always. Just never ending. Colby, were you focused on the Jolts job openings report today at all? Um, I've, I mean, I, I watched it obviously, but I don't, I don't try to make an analysis of it because anytime I ask why, I'm usually just going to spend a lot of time figuring out a reason to take a trade, and then I'm wrong anyway. So it's better to just see the data, see how the market reacts, and then just trade it. Yeah. I think that I, by far the best. I had a really nice position on TQQQ a couple of weeks ago that I sold the day before CPI because I wasn't sure which way it was going to go. And we were already sort of in a bull run. And uh, TQs is up $3 a share since I had that position, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah I did something similar on Snow. I was, I own Snow and I had a really nice chunk of that move it had. And it was like before earnings, the day before earnings. And I'm like, I'm not holding into earnings Screw that. And it did have like another 10% pop, but I already had a nice chunk of that move. I, I don't regret it. I don't really like holding into the earnings. I feel like it's a little bit of a coin toss. Um, but yeah, a little bit of similar scenario. I've actually been accumulating uh, PayPal. That's an one interesting thing I've... one too, huh? It's so low and it's actually finding a bottom. What's what's your thoughts on it? I mean, to be fair, I, the only reason I bought it is because I saw way smarter people than me give like really good analysis on Twitter. Like the short bear was talking about how fintech is kind of the only thing left um, in terms of market correction. Like it has not moved at all. It's completely sitting at the lows. Every other sector in the entire market has ripped hundreds of percent. Um, and PayPal, their order flow hasn't changed much, really. It's not like they're down 
70% from uh, their revenue at least. So I don't know, just saw someone smart talking about it. And I was like, well, if I, I have some money in my IRA, might as well just start buying some something because yeah. I've been sitting on the sidelines for the whole year while the market just rips. That's true. <laughs> it, it seems to really I consistent as well. Uh, like, you know, there's so many apps like Venmo or um, the new thing with the banks in the U.S. What's it called? Zelle. Like, what was it? Is it Zelle? Yeah, Zelle. But it, it seems like at the end of the day, people still use PayPal like crazy, even in Europe, which really blows my mind because in Europe, you could always transfer with banks directly in, almost instantly. I never understood why people even use PayPal here. But it's uh, it still seems, you know, it has its user base. It's a bit like Facebook, where it's like everyone has a Facebook account. So it's like reliable uh, source yeah. of communication. They own Venmo as well, I think. Oh, yeah. I think they own Venmo. But people were selling it because they were saying that the government's payment system is going to take over. Yeah. Do you get, yeah, what was that? I don't really know exactly what that meant, but it was like business to business um, transactions. It wasn't like normal consumer transactions. So people were selling it off for a while now because the government came out with like their own payment processing system, but it's been out for months now, the government one, and then nothing's changed with PayPal. So I don't know. Yeah, I actually haven't heard much more about that program. I actually forgot right now what it's called. It was like US transfer, some like really generic name. I'll have to look it up, but it would that's actually an important thing to look up. And I was I was thinking as well, I was like, oh, this is like a PayPal killer, but well, I mean, if you look at the stock price, it, it looks like it's, you know, been 83%. Yeah, been killed, killed pretty good. But I don't, I don't know if it's the worst buy either at this point. I mean, the short bear dude was saying that he probably sees it ending up like somewhere in the middle of where the sell off was. So if it ended up at even whatever, 150, which would be way below the, the middle. Actually, not really. Yeah, 150 would be a basically a 3x move back yeah so right now it's a descending wedge those typically break to the upside you know who knows we we could see it it's uh, yeah i'm just looking for flushes sorry what are you guys thinking about state of the market current uh current moves trends next two weeks or so Um, for me, I've noticed that, so my strategy is not working well for the last month and well, not the last month, last like two weeks. And I've been noticing that pretty much every day that the NASDAQ is up, the Dow and the Russell are down. And then the ES just kind of is just pissing around, just chopping everywhere. And the way that, that that means that it's a rotational market and a rotational market is very hard to trade because First of all, I'm using like volume, weights, the advanced decline line tick and all this data to try to see what's going on inside of the market. And it's basically faking me out every single day because the market is just rotating. They're just selling NVIDIA, buying Russell. Next day, yeah. they're selling Russell, buying NVIDIA. And it's just like the market is going absolutely fucking nowhere except for uh, straight, to the, straight to the right. It's just going up, breaking out of previous day high, massive flush. Break previous day low, massive rip. And it's just every day, fake out longs, fake out shorts, fake out longs. So I'm trying to like stay hands off as much as possible. If my system is not saying to trade, I'm just trying to just 
not even look at the market because it's so tempting to just try to short every single rip. Cause even at the, even the spy today, if you look at it, it, the jolts number came out, ripped like 20 points, fucked around for an hour, broke out again, and it just dropped like 25 points out of nowhere. Like, no, there's no reason for that to, to, for that to drop. It's just random. So don't trade it. And Mark, and it's like, I think that that's kind of common in an extended bull run where shorts are still trying to short. They think we're still going to have the fucking great depression or some bullshit. Yeah. So they short everything. And then the second it breaks previous day low, the buy the dip dudes who are sad that they weren't in here for the last 10% move in the spy, they're buying the shit out of it. Rip the shorts out, shorts stop out at high of day. Longs don't want to buy at high of day because it's an extended bull run. So the shorts pile back in and it's just this rotational movement every single day forever. So I can't wait for that shit to end. It does seem like there's a lot of doom saying, and I'm looking forward to the market kind of just picking which way it wants to go solidly. Cause yeah, it's, it's grinding higher, but hasn't really made a convincing move yet. Yeah. Yeah, even in like 08 and 09, the market looked like this is just as much. And these big rallies, they can get easily flushed right back down. It doesn't matter at all. I don't know. I think any if you're even looking out more than like 30 minutes, just stop. Don't try to predict more than 30 minutes out because you're going mm -hmm. to be wrong. Yeah. And the default should forever always be 70%. This is the fact of reality. This is tested data. 70% of every day in the history of the fucking stock market is a green day. So if you want to have a bias, better not be short because you're already yeah. fucking yourself doing that. So I think that selective bias on shorts that have run like VVOS last week after day one would have been a good short. Stuff yep. like that that's really specific. But in general, the market is designed to go up. Yep. Yeah, it grinds up and has that quick elevator down, right? Stairs up, elevator yeah. down. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, I've been watching some Stephen Ducks lately and him and other smart shorts, they never short something going parabolic on day one. They'll wait for day two, day, day three to see a sell-off or a long period of consolidation into the first red move, and then they can go big with a solid risk level. Did you watch his Humble Trader interview? Yeah, I've watched I've watched about half of it. I have him and Lance Breitstein, the, both of those interviews, I have them loaded up in tabs on YouTube that I've mm -hmm. been getting through for like the last week and a half. Yeah. It's just, they're, they're just long interviews. Dude, Dux's process is so cool. It's wild, but like it's it's smart and informative. And I think as a long, as a long bias trader personally, it's really important to know where those types of people are going to be taking their positions. Yeah. Yep. What was the one thing he was saying? It was something like the average, any ticker, so it has to be below 300 million market cap ticker, um, or he's completely mm -hmm. not even looking at it. And then yeah. it has to hit a certain amount of dollar volume. I forget what his number was, but um, once it hits a I certain amount. I think that he's looking for it to rotate its market cap. Yes. Yeah. 
And it can do that like one. So he has a number calculated for how often that can occur. And then yeah. he bases everything off of statistics. And I, the thing that I thought was super cool is how he was like, if I ever get within 80% accuracy of my strategy, I'm quitting trading. And I was yeah. like, what? Because he's like, well, I made like 16 million or whatever he made, 12 or 16 million last yeah. year. And that was only 20% of his strategy. If he actually traded yeah. every single waking second of his strategy, he would have made a hundred million that year. It's fucking insane. It is really insane. That's nice. I'd love to get that calculation. It's, even though he's short biased though, it's good to see somebody with a real system and making a lot of money as a retail trader. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like to get to that level, you got to be doing some weird, super complicated statistics. Because it's no longer a game of like competition. It's more of like, I don't know. It seems like most people. The interesting thing for him and how he trades is, you know, we have our momentum scanners and all of that. And they put the stocks in front of us that might be good, but we have no idea how high it's going to go. He gets to see instantly when something goes parabolic he knows what the potential downside is. Whereas on the long side, we don't really know what the potential upside is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The way yeah, I you calculated you... is typically I'll just look for the those price levels, but you don't know how many it's just going to rip through. Right. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a few ways to kind of estimate, okay, nice low float has a catalyst. It's above the 180 SMA. The daily actually looks somewhat digestible. Right. And all those things help, but yeah, it's, it's a little bit different because you're not, you're not. Yeah. 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 It seems like to get there, it's almost like, cause most of the stuff that we're all doing is still like partially discretionary. Like even me, I try to be more systematic, but I still have to use discretion all the time. Like how am I'm Ooh, less man. likely to go long. I got that Tommy. I heard you. Yeah. <laughs> Who 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 just groaned? Was that Tom? Yeah, CMND. Yeah, I'm long from 604. Nice. I gotta wait for a pullback here. Sorry, Colby. Looks like that's <laughs> a... nah, all it... good. <laughs> but yeah, I feel you, man. Below VWAP, I'm I'm the same way. I've been taking too many big losses below VWAP. Yeah, Look, I wonder if you could calculate dollar volume on these tickers to see whenever it's less likely to go long be strong or something like that just use Dux's stuff but inverse right that's why i've been watching it it's super interesting and well informed and scientific and data driven and so stuff like that um i feel like i can actually get something out of yeah whereas the stuff like there's a lot of traders out there who are good traders but they trade mostly off of like trends and price action and stuff like that that's not able to be uh transferred over to something else as well as did it trade its market cap what's the percentages that kind of stuff yeah. i feel the same way i was trying to apply some of that to our style of trading and it's fundamentally a little bit different i mean we do look for a lot of similar things right the volume I, I, you know how many times volume is being traded things like that i mean that's a really nice candle oftentimes if i'm if we're trading a ticker and i see like really low volume even though it, it's moving I typically leave it alone because I'm going to expect a lot of false breakouts. 
So a ticker like, you know, this is actually a pretty nice size volume today. I'm not sure why this had so much volume, but I guess offering. Yeah, it'd be hard. It'd be hard to do it from a dollar <laughs> volume perspective because all the tickers you're trading start with basically zero dollar volume. Whereas all the tickers that he's not, he's not even looking at a ticker until it's like doing one rotation of market cap in terms yeah. of dollar mm -hmm. volume. So it's kind of like yeah. nothing's even scanning until he's there. Whereas you guys, you got to have it on the scanner when it's up 5% already. Okay. You got to be ready. It'd be yeah, almost be easier if you, if you calculated the average dollar volume that was put into every ticker on, like throughout the year. And let's say it's whatever, 25 million. And then you could say, well, once this hits 25 million, it's probably likely to die out or fizzle out. So I need to get in before we get to that level. I don't know. That'd be much different than shorting. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. I really like how he, like we were just talking about earlier, if it has lower than or or higher than 300 million market cap, right? That's, that's what it is. He just won't touch it. I really like yeah. that kind of thought process because that's what I need to do a little bit more is just, I know the stocks that I trade really well. And it can be pretty easy to get caught up in a bad move that you just know you shouldn't be touching. So mm -hmm. it's it's way easier to make bad decisions over and over once you break the ice just once with one bad trade. I totally agree. So true. Yeah. I bet, I one bad mistake it. can just be so awful. Yeah. yeah. I, even, I even felt myself today. I was, I was like, uh, I wanted to keep my TOS open. And I was like, Mm -mm, this is exactly like yeah this is exactly where i start <laughs> yeah. trading stupid stuff so i closed it and i was like okay that's good but like you do it one day then the next day you do it and then on day number three you have a big loss because you kind of broke that rule of you know don't stare at a, a crappy market because you will trade something at one point yeah so yeah things better like just to get out yeah this that was me cool. yesterday with ssnt i'm down four thousand on ssnt yesterday and i'm like coming into the market open, I had even typed into chat. I was like, I don't think this looks good. It's done pretty much a full round trip from its highs. Going into open, I was already kind of bearish on it. And then, you know, next thing you know, it's just one of those tickers that you're really big red on. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times that <laughs> that's happened to me where I, I write in the mm -hmm. Discord, or I'm like, this yeah. market's crap, better to log off 15 minutes yeah. later. Max loss. <laughs> yep. You're like, guys, I, I made a mistake. <laughs> well, yeah, I it's, proved my point. <laughs> it's so much easier to exactly, yeah. It's so much easier just to not get involved in the first place. Yeah. Um, James Clear talks about that in Atomic Habits, where basically it's way easier to control your environment than your behavior in the wrong environment. Like if you don't want to eat the Oreos, then just don't buy them. Don't have them in your house. Yeah. Yeah. True. That is such a good point. And uh, yeah, Tom, you were, you were saying like, Alex, like, can't you just leave TOS open and not trade? And I was like, yeah, sometimes <laughs> yeah. I can, but you know, there's so yeah, right. many times <laughs> where I do something <laughs> really stupid and it's like, overall, I, yeah. I believe I have pretty good discipline. But man, like when I see a, a ticker pop and I'm like, okay, this is yeah. the one, you know, I jump in it. But then I'm like, after I trade it and I, you know, I'm down 500, I'm like, wait a second, no volume. It was a 20% popper, no news. I was like, what was I doing? You know, that was like a total board trade. Uh, 
and yeah, sometimes you just get impulsive when, when nothing happens for an hour and a half and you have the charts mm -hmm. on the screen and then you're just thinking, or you're not thinking. And then you're like, Oh, I got to jump in on this one. It's like, no, you don't. So yeah. Right. That is such a good point. I've been talking to this one guy that has made a couple million trading. Um, and he, he's been trading for like 15 years and he, is all about like mindset and just trying to master psychology because he actually thinks that psychology is pretty much everything in trading. Once you have a strategy and once you know what you're doing at least. And this was really interesting. The other day he sent a message to everybody and he was like, Hey, I'm not trading today. Uh, the only reason I'm not trading is because I was really excited to make money today. Uh huh. And he's like, I'm not going to trade because I was excited to make money and I'm going to trade in the SIM but I'm not going to yeah. do anything. And I was like, wow, that's a fucking weird. I've never thought of that because every single day I go into the market, I'm super excited to try to make money every fucking day. And then mm -hmm. that's the reason why I take trades that I shouldn't take because I just want to fucking make money. And it's like wow. such a simple idea, but. I I'm pretty mindful about that too. I think that if you come into the market super ready and hot and excited to trade, that's pretty dangerous. Yep. It's just as dangerous as being in a bad mindset, I think. Every day, yeah, you just have to come in at zero. No expectations. Yeah. yeah, I think it's safe to assume as well that if you're going into the market not being zero, let's say you're <laughs> like really excited or really not feeling good, there's a pretty mm -hmm. damn good chance that's not going to be your best day ever. I guarantee you actually that it won't be your best day ever. And there's actually a much higher chance that it's probably going to be a bad day. So yeah. Yeah. Kung over. Not to say you shouldn't be in a good mood. Yeah. You should be in a good mood but... is helpful, but just, just the right amount of good mood, you know, like even if you yeah. drink too much coffee, it's probably too much of a good mood. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You'd be too optimistic unless it's like a really hot market, then coffee might actually be beneficial. Huh. Yeah, if you can just make mistakes left and right and still make yeah. money, then fucking because you'll be making more mistakes, you'll be more I'm watching CMND here. Yeah, I see it on my five minute chart. It's it is tempting, huh? Oh, don't do that to me. I'm long at 26. There it is in the bottom right corner. <clears throat> Give me a bounce. Come on. Eh. Mm. Get back 300 off the top. Not too bad. It's been a slow day. Slow, tough day. Yeah. I'm wondering if the jolts kind of messed up the, the flow today. Because usually Tuesdays aren't this depressing. Not sure. Market's just rotating, man. Mm-hmm. Be a futures guys... trader, just buy the pre-market low breaks and short the pre-market high breaks. Just do that forever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. It's some classic range trading. Uh, I love that. All right. Any of you guys using Bookmap? Uh, Stone Whistle is wondering. I never I've have. Used, I used it for a little um, <clears throat> when it was on TOS. I thought they took it off TOS, but then Toby came and showed that it was still on TOS. But uh yeah. Yeah, I've tried it. It's tricky and a little odd because like Toby said, if you're using it, you're still not actually getting all of the data. So I, I was even listening to a guy talk about tape the other day and he was like, 
people say they read the tape. Do you fucking realize, at least for futures, how many transactions are going through the tape in every millisecond? It's a thousand per second. Quotes. So changes in the quote of price of futures is happening 1,000 times per second. And he was like, if you think you're seeing that with your fucking eyes, you're an idiot because that's impossible. <laughs> so you need a software or something that can like paint that on the chart. And that's the inception of Bookmap. So yeah, I think it's an interesting idea, but the way you use it matters probably a lot. And it's- Make it much more visual. Yeah. I think it's nice. I, I think- or, you Go Go, no, no, go for it. I was just going to say, pretty much, if you have anything in any trading scenario whatsoever that's going to make you trade less, it's a good thing. Mm -hmm. Always. Like, if there's something they can show you, oh, there's no liquidity on this ticker until a dollar gets dropped out of the price, that's going to be probably a good thing. Because if yeah. you don't see that, you're going to try to dip by it, and then you're going to get shit on, and then, yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Anything that helps keep you out of bad trades is worth a lot yeah yeah um toby talked about bookmap uh, on the last pod and he's trying it out i'm i'm kind of under the philosophy of like <laughs> everything i see in the markets and on order flow is like probably just trying to mess with my mind and uh <laughs> it's it's being rigged in some way so i don't use things like bookmap I'm sure it can be helpful if you really master it, but it's like any indicator, you have to stick with it for like a few years and really understand it better than anyone else before I think you make money off of it. Otherwise, everyone would just use it overnight and it'd be super easy. So yeah, yeah for me, the less indicators, typically the better. I typically mm -hmm. don't even over-focus on the, the level two unless like there's a few things in a consistent market that you'll see you know, like, I don't know, the, the bit getting chipped at, um, it breaks through, but then in, with low volume, then instantly the orders come back or the bid come, uh, the ask comes back. And it's just like, okay, that was really, really sketchy light. I'm not going to trust that breakout. I mean, there's like some small patterns you'll see again and again, but uh, I, I do like the classic chart patterns and just kind of understanding the general trend and the theme and the mindset of the market. I feel like that to me is the most powerful as opposed to to like really, really specific things because there's so much spoofing and other weird things going on. Yeah. There. Yeah. Yeah, I think chart pattern and volume are the two most important things. Those are, you can't are fake real. either of them. Yeah. Yep. Price and volume, everything, everything is just a derivative of price and volume at, at the end of mm -hmm. the day. Mm -hmm. yep. Where do people want to buy? Where do people want to sell? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny to think about. Every single indicator that was ever created is yeah, a different version to look at either volume, price, or time. Yeah. Yeah. So if you could just read, you know, the price and the volume, I think I think it goes a long way. <laughs> that's why those those really simple books like chart candle books, I would I would reread them. I've read the the one of them, the chart candle bible or something like six times. And it's not like you have to study every single page, but just constantly refreshing. It's like, ah, yeah, okay, shooting star, you know, the classic, you know, 80% of the time, that means, you know, it's a reversal. So just kind of understanding. So you have like a sixth sense intuition when you see a chart, you're like, man, it's a little bit bearish right now. When somebody else would maybe just look at it and be like, oh, it's above VWAP, you know, it's, it's going up. It's like, eh. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Comes with time too. Like, 
people don't even have to know what these names are. And I think if you didn't even study it, you'd probably eventually get the feeling for it, but you might as well save you yourself a few years <laughs> by yeah, true. learning it. Any uh any thoughts going forward? I just realized the time. Uh, any plan? I mean, we did kind of talk a little bit about it, but anyone want to give their quick kind of game plan going forward? Oops, CMND, CMND here. <laughs> oh yeah, it's back. Everyone's game plan. CMND. <laughs> Break a forty, maybe. Um, I don't really have a game plan, but I do have a little thing of advice. If you are not profitable at trading and you go into the market wanting money, stop trading get a job, make money outside of the market. It's never going to work until you make money outside of the market. That's just a fact of nature. I've fought that for so many years now, but I finally am like ready to just be like, fuck it. I need to make money outside of the market or I'm going to just never be profitable anyway. So I know there's fucking people that are going to hear that shit and they're gonna be like, Oh, not me. No, it's you. Yeah. Fucking yeah, do it's, it. It's everybody. You're not better than yeah uh, realistically you know the amount of times i've heard people say that and i just was like no i'm fine i'll do it dude hundreds of times they'll make you trade better yeah. when you don't have to when you don't need the money if you need the money yeah. your, your trading is going to be uh, abysmal <laughs> yeah, yeah severely diminished yeah yeah direct correlation with how much you need the money <laughs> pretty much yeah. seriously negative correlation yeah <laughs> yeah uh, my plan is just try to trade like I did today. Today, I did much better than yesterday. I took mostly smart trades and uh, I didn't let anything ruin my day like I did yesterday. So um, I know that I can make a lot really quickly on the right moves. And all I have to do realistically is just wait for those moves. And um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, with me, just kind of the same thing, kind of waiting for the setup to come to me, not kind of trying to mm -hmm. force the dip, trying to force the breakout. Sometimes the dip wants to dip a little more, and then you just, we're, you're going to be selling when you should be buying the dip, because that's happened to me today on CMND. Trying to buy the dip just a couple seconds too early, and then it dumps another 10 cents. And that's where I should be buying, but instead I'm selling and then that completely screws up my psychology. And now I'm, now it bounces and now I'm trying to chase it again after it's already done its bounce and then taking another 10 cent loss. That's really what happened with me today on CMND. I'm actually going to be ending red today, uh, but small red day that um, can make back is, is always responsible. You know, a successful red day is, is key like that a successful red day <laughs> yeah nothing wrong with a small red day no yes yeah, nothing wrong he asked do you trade between christmas and new year's or is it too slow for the first time ever i took off during thanksgiving and it was fucking amazing i looked back on the week and i was like i would have lost that day 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 and i was like thank god i did not trade so if you're ever thinking should i go have fun or trade guess what every other market participant is also asking that question and the people that go have fun are making more money than the people that try to trade yeah. it and that's just a fact of nature so 
go have fun at Christmas and do not try to touch anything because there will be no volume. No one's trying to do it. You're going to be fighting like three people and the other three people are probably better than you or have more money than you. So they'll win. So just don't. Beacon facts. The, the market is so inconsistent too around the holidays. I also took uh, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday off around Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving was Thursday, I believe. And I, I remember one year, I think it was like in 2019, maybe it was 2020. I did not take the days leading up to Christmas off. And I just had one red day after another. And it was so frustrating because every day was so inconsistent. Like the price action was so different than the weeks leading up to it. And I think it's because a lot of participants are just MIA because they're enjoying their life, like Colby was saying. So yeah, I, I totally agree. And if, what I do now, and also it, it kills your Christmas because you're like the day before you might be at a Christmas party and you're like, oh, I need to get home because you know tomorrow I want to trade or some some BS when it's like, dude, live your live the week up, man. Like you became a trader to do whatever you want in your life. So I always right. I always tell myself that if I, I'm ever in a crossroads of decisions, it's like, wait, why did I do this to, to begin with? And uh, there's tons of weeks where you, there were, there's nothing to do. And, you know, that's when you want to trade. That's when everyone else is as well. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, for, for my game plans going forward, I'm, you know, doing what Danny and uh, Tommy are doing for sure. Trade, basically trade less um, without a question. Wait for the setups to come to me. And, and like always, <laughs> don't try not to rush it and close TOS, just close it. <laughs> just leave, yep. throw just... your computer out the window, buy a new one the next day, because you'll probably be making more money. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's true. It's true. Colby, did you, did you talk about it a little bit? Yeah, I just said, get a job. Yeah. You fucking broke bitches. <laughs> All right, there you have it, guys. The, the, <laughs> Any more the thing with trading is the thing with trading is like when you're a beginner, it's like oh, when when I'm a successful trader, you know everything's going to be great. And then like three years, four years, ten years down the line, you're like, wait, am I even a successful trader yet? Like I don't think that moment's ever going to come where you just feel like oh, I'm a successful trader. I think it's always just going to be like, god damn, what the hell am I doing? Like there's yeah. <laughs> There's success in terms of like, I'm making enough on trading to pay my bills, Yeah. but every good trader that I know is almost always unhappy with how they're doing. Not Maybe not unhappy, but always seeing where they're going wrong. Yeah, there's always room for improvement. Every yeah. trade teaches you that. Yeah. 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 That's what you need, though. That's what you need. It's necessary. That's the the ingredient for success in this. Yeah, you got. You always have to find that little one percent about where you could be doing better, because the yeah. the margins can make all the difference in making money or losing money. Yeah, little pivots. Uh, the competition is heavy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, guys. Good luck to anyone still trading CMND. I, th I don't think I will, but you never know. <laughs> You'll see me in the Discord. <laughs> Five minutes later. I'm watching it. I'm pretty interested in it. It doesn't look bad, it's, huh? It almost looks like a pretty, or something. It's pretty heavy up here. It's having a lot of trouble, but if it can get through this area, 660 or so, then it's doing something that it hasn't done all day. And over 650 should have room to eight if it could hold it. So we'll see. Yeah, it might rip quick. 
All right, guys. Good luck then. Yeah. Nice All right. Again. All right. Catch you guys See later. You guys. Ciao, ciao. Later, boys.